Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from Flanagan's Pub on Stewart Street in Dayton. Stop by after the game for delicious food and 24 beers on tap. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, here's your host, John Bedell. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Flanagan's. Community XL. That was fun, right? 65-64, Dayton a winner. The two-game slide for the Flyers is gone. So is Davidson's five-game win streak. Dayton a winner tonight to get back to an even 10-10 on the year, 4-4 four four overall. John Bedell, former Flyer Keith Walskowski, and also University of Dayton Hall of Famer. Don't want to leave that out. Don't forget that part. And you, Flyer fans, here uh, for Flyer Feedback. And uh, with this win against the Davidson Wildcats, it is on to the Arch Baron Cup. Don't you tell me that rivalry doesn't mean anything. You bite your tongue on the Twitter if you think about besmirching the Arch Baron Cup. St. Louis, Saturday, 4 o'clock on the road. Keith, really good defensive effort tonight. Anthony Grant was, was sure to point that out. Uh, this is a really talented Davidson team. They didn't really beat uh, much anybody in the non-conference, but they have heated up uh, since we flipped the calendar to A-10 play. They came in here winners of five in a row, at five and one overall in the conference. Uh, they're a really talented offensive uh, squad historically. Keith, they don't usually give a rip about playing defense. They shoot the three ball well. They got guys that can go inside out like Aldrich, step out and shoot. Got some inside game too. They do a lot of cutting of the basket. They're a tough team to defend, but the Flyers – you only give up 64 points, and you get to win. Yeah, you know, I'd say that's uh, a 40-minute effort from our team, and, and we've struggled with being able to do that for 40 minutes so far this year. Uh, you know, there's times where we do very well. There's other times we go for long spells where we're not able to do well. Um, but I think collectively as a team, they were, they were all into it, completely bought in for 40 minutes tonight on defense. And, you know, on the, on the, on the flip side of things, they're playing longer possessions on offense, playing against the zone. It does draw the game out a little bit. Um, so there's less possessions overall. But, you know, I think our guys were into it the entire time, the entire game. We didn't go long spells. It was a game of runs. We would get up. They would claw back. We would get up. They would claw back. Um, but ultimately, we were able to make a, a couple of big shots or one big shot and uh, yeah. knock some free throws in and uh, get the stops when we needed them down the stretch. Jalen Crutcher might be taking over the role of Scoochie. Um, how do I say this uh, in a way that the FCC will allow? Uh, Scoochie's chutzpah, yeah. so to speak. Uh, from last year, massive shot uh, as the as the closing minutes were coming down. He had a big, big three-pointer. And Steven on Twitter pointed out something uh, when I tweeted that Larry had said that we ought to start calling him Jalen Clutcher. Get it? Uh, Steven brought up a point that Anthony did to Larry in the postgame coverage and that that shot was good, but six assists and no turnovers for the game. Keith was even better. Yeah, they really, I mean, did a fantastic job of taking care of the ball tonight, especially against the zone where you're, you know, you pass it around, you penetrate, you kick. Um, there weren't, there really weren't many mental errors, and, and you know, six, six turnovers overall for the game. Two of those turnovers came in the last minute of the first half. Uh, you know, Zarius Williams just, you know, trying to do a little bit too much and mental lapse, but still, I mean, you can't, you can't tell me that going into the game you're going to tell me we're going to have six turnovers and that's it, and there's nobody in, this, in the city of Dayton that believes you. And this is not a knock against this Dayton team. I promise not it is yeah. not, Keith. But I legitimately had to check that box score when I pulled up my phone when this went final here at Flanagan's. 
Six turnovers was correct. I mean, single digits? Yeah. That's absurd. You know, um, just I, I think mentally bought in both sides of the both yeah. sides of the court for the entire forty minutes. We really didn't see those long droughts uh, on offense or on defense. You know, they were, guys were bought in, and that's that's what we need. And we talk about right now, hey, that's a great win, something to build off of. But that's exactly it. It is something that we that, to build off of, and we haven't been able to do that so far this year to have a big win and then continue to do that for the next 40 minutes, too, which will come uh, later this week. And we, you know, had kind of talked going into this game, was this going to be an effort where they had a clunker like it was against UMass, and, they, you know, they played down to their competition, they get blown out, or not blown out, but they lose to an under um, an undermanned UMass? Or was this going to be a game like getting up for Bonaventure, getting up for the Richmond Rams, yes, I know what I just said, or getting up for the Davidson Wildcats? Turns out that got up for Davidson, much like they did against VCU and Bonna. And they got the win. Yeah, and that's a it's a tough thing, especially for freshmen. And, and like they pointed out in the post game show, uh, uh, or just after the game, that they're to the point of the season where freshmen start to break down a little bit. And their our freshmen are playing a lot of minutes, and they're doing a lot more than uh, maybe a typical freshman would do. Sometimes you have one or two freshmen. We got a lot of them on the team that are asked to do a lot uh, in these games. So hopefully we can continue to keep nights like tonight. Uh, going and have those come through more often than not a couple ways for you to get at us on the show flyer fans you can check in uh, on twitter as steven did uh, at jbdlwhio you can call us up at 457-1290 and that's where we're going to go for the first time tonight to dick and dayton dick welcome to flyer feedback hey how you doing john and keith boy that was a pretty darn good performance they had tonight you know well 40 minutes that was fun it was it was they you know like you said keith i think they can uh now build on this and go on a good streak because they were making their shots and hustling tonight, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the things that we talked about. Uh, you know, we haven't really built off of things like this so far this year. Usually we've we've won and then we turn around and we lost. Uh, you know, we've gone up and down all year. So hopefully it's something that we can absolutely build off of and take it into the next game. Yeah, I like this uh, new coach. I think he's going to be good for the Flyers. You know, this team is young. They lost a lot of seniors, but I think there's many, many days ahead for them to, you know, bring it, bring it back home for the stretch. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think everybody kind of knew, and it was tough to be honest with yourself, but deep down you knew that we were going to go through some growing pains this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's exactly what it is. And then, you know, a year or two from now that we'll be looking back saying, you know, I'm glad these guys got this experience because it's really paying off now by the time these guys are juniors and seniors. Yeah. Well, that's my take. Nice talking to you guys. Nice talking nice to you as well. You Thanks too, for calling in. Thank you okay, for the call, bye-bye. Dick. We appreciate it. So we heard from Stephen on the Twitter. We heard from Dick on the phone lines. And the third of three ways you can join us is you can take advantage of the Bud Light mic, which is where we're going out to Bob and Dayton. You know, uh, we mentioned before that it uh, seems like when Trey Landers is a factor in the game, uh, we do well. And, uh, indeed, he did uh, show more presence uh, this game than he did in Rhode Island, but also it was also nice to see we had uh, four guys in double figures uh, uh, between uh, Landers, uh, Crutcher, uh, uh, D- uh, Little D, D- uh, Baby D, and uh, 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 Josh Cunningham. So I mean, it was kind of a, a effort by committee when you look at it from that perspective. Yeah, but you are right in that most the trend we've seen a lot this year, though, Bob, is that you know the Flyers have gone as as Landers has, though that is correct. Yeah, you know, I think Trey, regardless of what you see in the stat line or on the stat sheet, 
uh, he's like the emotional leader of this team. He's the energy guy. And at times, you know, one of the worrisome things is when he picks up a second foul in the first half and you got a good 10 minutes to go uh, because there's we lack emotion at time. And, and even though he is young, even though he is a sophomore, he does provide um, one aspect of leadership where he's completely bought in on defense. He's, uh, you know, holding his teammates accountable, asking them to do things that aren't the most glamorous things. And at the same time, he's unselfish, and he provides a spark. He provides an energy, and, you know, he's one of those guys that we need him out there. And there are games uh, like tonight at times where you see it in the stat sheet, not just rebounds, not just assist hustle plays, but you see him score a couple of points. He hits a couple of threes, gets to the foul line, lights the, lights the arena up with a dunk, and, and it, you know, it provides a big-time spark for the, for the team. Two quick questions. One, uh, the Flyers were doing a great job inside defense up until about the midway through the second half, and then all of a sudden Davis was, Davidson was making a big run. And uh, I noticed they were playing a lot of man-to-man uh, in terms of uh, against Davidson. Are you surprised that uh, we didn't switch off and go to zone at that point? Uh, I'm not surprised just because I know what Davidson's capable of doing from beyond the three-point line. And I'm sure that played into it a little bit. Uh, yes, we gave up a few points inside. Uh, we gave up a little bit in a man-to-man defense, but ultimately we held them to 64 points. And a team that's capable of what Davidson is capable of, you know, I think that's a tremendous effort. So we got to give a little bit of credit to our guys there. Okay, final question. St. Louis, looks like it's kind of an even-steven team as far as we're concerned. What do you see a key as far as actually pulling off a win over there in the, at the center there? Uh, every time we go to St. Louis, it's ugly. No matter what, it, I mean – Typically, the past couple of years, we go there, we shoot horrible. Uh, both teams are lucky to get into the 50s. So it's just going to be have to. It's going to be one of those games, the middle of January, uh, tough league contest. It's always a battle. We're going to have to be prepared. We're going to have to be smart. Uh, you know, not make stupid fouls. Be bought in on defense. Uh, you know, line in, take good shots, uh, stay the course, follow the game plan, and uh, hopefully come out ahead. Well, okay, this was a huge win today. Hopefully, we can carry it out. To- on Saturday, guys. Thanks again. Go Flyers. Thank you. Go Flyers, Bob. And yeah, it's the Arch Baron Cup. If you can't get up for it, check your pulse. Dayton winner, 65-64. John Bedell, Keith Walskowski, and you, Flyer fans, here for Flyer Feedback. Continues live from Flanagan's on the other side, right here on the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 930. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO News Update. Our top stories that we're following this hour. In Montgomery County, the jury places its verdict in a case of neglect against the jail. It's back to work for the folks of Wright Pat, but since the government shutdown, some different mindsets being thrown around. And our top story, blood is spilled in Kentucky. A blustery and cold evening with a few flurries. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now, WHIO triple team traffic. The area we're focused on primarily tonight is that area near Edwin C. Moses Boulevard near UD Arena. Lots of traffic heading away from that game at this point, but not seeing any accidents or slowdowns to get in the way. 
And it's our top story. After blood is spilled, cops looking for a motive. A 15-year-old is in jail today and accused of carrying out a deadly school shooting. Two students are dead. More than a dozen are injured after shots rang out in small-town Kentucky. It's the first fatal school shooting of 2018, and it occurred at Marshall County High School in Benton, Kentucky. Fox's Mike Tobin says that shooter is a student and faces charges of murder and attempted murder. And it's back to work for the folks at Wright Pat after the recent government shutdown. But what happens next? Those who are there say that if it keeps up, it could be bad for the base and elsewhere. Jeff Hoagland is the president and CEO of the Dayton Development Coalition. He's very concerned about the long-term impact of the shutdown. He says that employees who once considered the base as a stable place to work may no longer think that. WHIO's Jim Adi Hoagland says that the shutdowns could also work against the base and all federal agencies when it comes to recruiting. With local news every 15 minutes, this is WHIO Continuing News. Well, in Montgomery County, a jury rules that the county didn't violate an inmate's rights by not providing him a mattress during his stay in the jail. David Cooper was an inmate in Montgomery County Jail back in 2012. It wasn't until much later that the lawsuit against the jail accusing the county of neglect came about when Cooper's attorney calling the jail's conditions atrocious. Well, the jury didn't see it that way. The jury ruled the county accommodated Cooper as best they could because he reportedly showed self-harming behavior. Now let's get a look at our 24-hour weather forecast with meteorologist McCall Friedags. May see a few flurries around this evening, otherwise cloudy and breezy with temperatures falling through the 30s. Later tonight we dry out, clouds break a bit, temperatures dip into the upper 20s. For your day tomorrow, we get to a high near 33 degrees with increasing clouds. May even see a few flurries return late day, early evening. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Well, the latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar is clear to the north of I-70 and clear in Preble and Montgomery counties, but elsewhere throughout the Miami Valley. Keep your eyes open. The conditions are right for those flurries to start flying. It's currently 34 degrees in Springfield, 34 in Xenia, 33 here in Dayton at 930. If news breaks, we break in immediately. I'm Jonah Adi on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Depend on it. Start with the Dayton Philharmonic Orchestra. Add three glamorous lady singers, plus the conductor of the New York Pops. Then join us as we transform the Schuster Center into a swinging Harlem nightclub for the January Super Pops concert, Sophisticated Ladies. Warm up your winter with some hot jazz, Friday and Saturday, January 26th and 27th. Google Dayton Philharmonic now for tickets. Cassano's Pizza has been Dayton's hometown pizza for nearly 65 years. Please welcome back Cassano's Fans in the Stands UD Basketball Pregame Show. Hosted at our Brown Street store. Make it your pregame or postgame stop for every home game. Just say King Me when you order an extra large deluxe pizza at regular menu price and receive a free medium pepperoni pizza. Call 294-KING or visit 294-KING.com to order now. Go Flyers! You can always count on the crisp, refreshing taste of Bud Light. Just like you can always count on Always Game Gary. No bar is too far. No wing sauce is too hot. Not for Gary. Gary is the man. He's nothing like Keith. Keith never wants to do anything. Why are we even talking about Keith? Always Game Gary is famous among friends. He deserves a Bud Light. 
Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. Adults 50 years or better. Spring registration for the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of Dayton is now open. The flexibility of registering for as many seminars as you would like brings a customized, fun, and intellectually stimulating experience for all. This spring, enjoy seminars such as What's This Cloud I Keep Hearing About? What You Didn't Know About Taxes? Adventure Travel 2018, Artisan Bread Baking, and more. Some seminars do fill up, so call now to secure your seat. Call 229 229- 2347. That's 229-2347. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, Flyer fans. That was fun, right? Dayton winner, 65-64. UD's two-game losing skid is history as is the Davidson Wildcats' five-game win streak. Now that Anthony Grant and company grab this win over the Decibel Dungeon tonight, John Bedell, former Flyer and University of Dayton Athletic Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski, and you, Flyer fans, here for Flyer Feedback tonight, coming to you live from Flanagan's Pub, a place where we don't, do not, tweet recruits. A couple ways for you to get at us on the show. One of them is on the tweeter machine. You can at me at jbedellwhio, and I may read your tweet on the air. Want to go to a tweet from Mike? Mike on Twitter says, Keith, good defense tonight. Second best win of the season. And this is pretty good. Stopping of the Richmond Rams is still number one. <laughs> Hashtag fire feedback. You like to troll the VCU folks a little bit by calling them the Richmond Rams. They don't like that. So that's why we say it. Here we go. Uh, Keith, and that was a great defensive effort from this team tonight. Anthony Grant said in the postgame, probably their best defensive effort of the season. Uh, we talked in the post that, this is not not an easy program, Davidson, to guard, Keith. They do a lot of things really well. They shoot the three. They'll go inside out on you. they got guys like Aldrich that can get inside, and he's you know almost kind of that stretch. He's kind of a tweener, really, a 3-4. He's kind of that yeah, hybrid. Yeah. Uh, but he can get you in the post. He can step out and shoot. John Axel Goodmanson, he might hit 300 threes this season. I mean, he, he can step out and just pure three-point shooter. Um, and they make a lot of cuts to the bucket. They can get free and loose. And to the rim, uh, but Dayton was able to stop them from doing that to uh, too much effect tonight and survive. Six, yeah, they six were. I mean, uh, just a very dangerous team. Uh, and for us to be able to do it for 40 minutes, and, you know, Davidson's a very disciplined team as well. Typically, they don't turn the ball over yeah. that many times. But like you said, they're tall, they're long, they shoot inside, they're, they're tough inside, they shoot outside. The, the tall guys shoot from outside. They yeah. can interchange a lot. So um, for them on offense – it makes it difficult for us to guard because they can go inside and out. But then when we're on defense, you know, it, they may get switched off and still be able to handle a guy that may be short or quick or whatever. So, um, yeah, just a, a good effort for us, something to watch, something to build off of, like we've talked about before, something to build off of. And hopefully yeah. we can take it into the next game and continue the same type of momentum uh, against St. Louis. And this has been a head-scratching year for, for the Flyers, Keith. We knew going into this, we said early, I mean, as the season started, and we knew this back in March, but we've been talking about this on the air since the season started, that this is going to be a transitional year, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, it is that. Uh, but they've also, you know, they've gotten up for some big games. They've beaten Bonaventure. Now, since that Dayton loss, Bonaventure's kind of had the wheels fall off their season. Life comes at you fast. Uh, VCU, I mean, they've gotten up for VCU. That was a decent Rams team coming in here. They've also, you know, they laid the clunker at UMass. Now, they get beat Saturday against Rhodey, but there is no shame in just taking one on the chin to 
I mean, you talk about calling a spade a spade, Keith. That's the best team in the Atlantic 10. It yeah. isn't even close. It's yeah. Rhode Island, and it is everybody else mm-hmm. this year. The effort was there Saturday. You just got beat by a flat-out really good Rams team because yeah. Rhode Island is really deep, and they are really good. Yeah, uh, they're good physically. They're strong. Mentally, they're tough. Veteran uh, bunch. Yeah, and, and we are not necessarily that, but we are capable. We're capable of playing with guys this year. We're also capable of looking pretty bad, as we've seen, but – you know, the, the building blocks are there, and that's part of the learning process. And being able to take these learning, these teaching moments, and apply them and be able to execute them for entire games instead of just periods, instead of just four-minute segments in between media timeouts, uh, but being able to do it for entire stretches without any let-up is, you know, it's, it's part of the process, and it's one of the yeah. things that we have to trust as fans. It's frustrating, and it's difficult because as soon as you uh, think that, you know, that's it, we've got it, okay, now we're going to roll, and then we turn around and we look as absolutely like the complete yeah. opposite, 180 degrees different. So um, hopefully we can continue to. Yeah. build off of it and we'll go and I'm, I'm sure they'll watch the film and they'll point out things that we did wrong but they'll also point out uh, things that they did right and things that they that we need to continue to do yeah it's just good to see them get up for and and dispatch a, a pretty good Wildcats team because as we mentioned in the it was the Bud Light postgame show Keith you know this was a Davidson team that really has kind of rounded into form in the A-10 part of their schedule mm-hmm. they, now nobody would have confused them for an at-large team in the non-con uh, because their worst loss was to a Ken Palm 231 team in Appalachian State. Uh, they didn't beat anybody in their non-conference schedule in the Ken Palm top 240. Right. right? But since the A-10 schedule has started, they have flipped the script. They lost their first game, I believe it was to Duquesne, I think. And they've, they've, they've ripped off five in a row. And they came in here, Dayton took care of them, and Dayton's winner. They get to back again. Here we are to the 500 mark, 10-10, and 4-4 four and four in A-10 play. An interesting trend, too, that, that we saw bucked. Uh, tonight for the second game in a row on both ends of this stat. Saturday against Rhode Island was the first time all season Dayton had scored more than 70 and lost. They scored 74. Mm -hmm. Today was the first time they've scored fewer than 70 points and won. They had been undefeated when they had scored 71 or more uh, and over when they scored 70 or fewer. So this is the first time we've seen back-to-back games that kind of a goofy variation of that stat that's, you know, just seemed to, for whatever reason, hold all year. Right, and usually I, I want to say with uh, with Archie Miller teams, that stat kind of hinged on defense. If we hold teams to yeah. below 70, we would yes. win. If we teams scored over 70 on us, we would lose. Um, so, you know, a little a little different variation, but, you know, sometimes stats are fun. Is that a sign? <laughs> you asked Josh Allen, he said stats are for losers. Um <laughs> Is um is that the sign, Keith, that they were holding? And I got to correct myself. It wasn't seventy or more. It was seventy-one or more. They were undefeated before Saturday. Seventy or fewer, including okay. seventy. They they had lost every game. But is that the sign, Keith? Is that a sign, Keith? When you're looking at that kind of stat, is that a sign of a defensively immature team when they're having to rely on outscoring people like that? I think it can be. Um, sometimes it's pace of play. Like you know, the the score tonight. Um, while not taking any credit away from Dayton's effort, uh, there were less possessions because Davidson was playing a lot of 2-3 zone, and so the possessions that we had on offense were drawn out a little bit longer. Um, But to Dayton's credit, we still prevented them from scoring points on offense, which that's the way they play. They're still capable of doing that. Um, So, yeah, generally if you're giving up 70 points, you're not playing defense well enough, whether it's a team that can score, whether it's a team that can't score. 
your, your effort on that end of the court, uh, it just isn't there. And that's kind of like the, the threshold that you know, almost all teams go off of. And I spread out effort, too, from uh, the guys offensively because on Saturday we saw uh, Josh Cunningham just with another Ryan Perryman-like effort of, you know, just going off for 32, the most points a flyer had scored in a game since Brian Roberts back in, I think, 08. Um, so just an absurd offensive performance. But you heard Danny Hurley give a quote to David Jablonski, our friend and coworker over the Dayton Daily News on the UD beat. And Danny Hurley told Jabo, look, I didn't care if Josh Cunningham went for 60 tonight. We were going to let him two-point us to death. We weren't going to let these guards get after us. Well, now today you get a much more balanced attack, and it wasn't just Cunningham. In fact, he didn't score much in the second half, but he had 15 overall. Landers dropped 16. Crutcher had 12, and as we mentioned, really crucially, six assists, zero. Zero turnovers for Crutcher. Daryl Davis dropped 14. Uh, Jordan Davis played a lot, didn't score much, made his impact other places tonight, only scored three. And then Zerius with five. Uh, that was the only other two guys off the bench were Costas and Crosby, really um, – so just a balanced offensive attack. And two, Keith, Anthony's sticking with really that iron five, if you will, in the second half. Nobody besides Cunningham, Landers, Crutcher, Dave, and the Davises, the two Davises. I don't think anybody besides Zerius and those guys saw the floor in the second half. No Crosby, no Costas. No, they didn't. And I think the, the nice thing, the, the reassuring thing about seeing it in the stat sheet as a balanced attack, again, I go back to Davidson playing zone. Um, and our offense against the zone, the ball was not very sticky. We moved the ball. They pass, pass, penetrate, kick, uh, made an extra pass, you know, gave up a good shot for a better shot many, many times. Um, so it didn't matter who it was. And when you're playing against a, a zone like that, it's very difficult to put a team on your shoulders and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out there and score all these points and, and have one person get going because um, – just the way the flow of the game goes from that penetration kick extra pass uh always ends up in somebody else's hand but we moved in the right spots we got good shots uh we knocked him down when we needed to and and obviously turned into a win for us you let aldrich get his 24 but he's always going to do that and if you can you know contain him so to speak and mm-hmm. get away with a win that's always a uh, always a plus hey if you're here with us live at flanagan's on stewart street you can take advantage of the bud light mic and that's where we're going out to jeff and dayton yeah guys uh tonight's win makes that that road trip to, to St. Louis, a little more comfortable on the bus for us yeah. that are going. Um, and I, I've been critical, but i got to give credit. The parking people seem to figure it out tonight. Uh, it's been 12 games, and uh, I got in pretty easy and got out pretty easy. So I don't know about anybody else. Parking hot take. That is a first. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> that is a first of all the hot takes I've heard. So I guess, I guess my, only, my two questions are, um, do you have any insight on what the technical foul was on, on Josh Cunningham? And... We ended the game with four team fouls. I was yelling foul with 15 seconds to go just to disrupt the, the, the Davidson offense and to, to take time off the clock, make them, you know, make them run an inbound play, uh, you know, instead of letting them set up and run uh, you know, a good play. I, I thought we'd want to disrupt them, and, I, and I, I don't know why we took two fouls to the locker room with us at the end. Um, okay, well, yeah, good good questions there we obviously have to leave the arena a little bit earlier to get over here to start the show uh so we're able to catch a little bit of that on tv and it looked like uh josh got tangled up with one of their players uh from what we could tell they called a personal foul on their guy they called a technical foul on josh he raised his elbow up caught their guy uh in the side of the head a little bit so they're arguing flagrant one flagrant two and went to the monitor for all of that stuff ultimately just decided it was a kind of reactionary technical foul personal foul on you you brought the arm up technical foul on you free throws ball and so they sorted out all of that mess um 
you know, I think Josh kind of blew it off. Uh, looked like he had a few words for the ref, not in a bad way, but just kind of explaining like he was in me. There was no malicious intent. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to get through uh, one of my space. So nothing bad there. Obviously, it didn't it didn't come back to haunt us. Um, they did on that possession, got a shot, got an offensive rebound, uh, but then Trey Landers ended up coming away with a steal there. So, you know, ultimately it didn't really, really kill us. Uh, not too many points on the possession. Um, the next question on the, was... On the, on the two fouls to give, which we were talking about that, right, I just right, think right. it ended up they just didn't need to. The, so you're just right. the way it played out, they just right. didn't we, have to. We were down one, had the ball. Uh, had two Cr fouls to give. Crutcher hit the three. Correct. And that puts us up. You know, yes, we did have fouls. You also risk fouling a guy if he tries to get an and one or goes into the shot if you, if you get a clever guy. Um, so I think if you take that out of our guys' heads, it's less room for error. Let's just play good, solid defense. Don't give up an easy basket. Instead of giving up a layup, you make sure you foul and you put them all the way on the floor and don't let them get the ball up to the rim. Uh, I'm sure that was said in there. But, you know, I, I, we were discussing the same thing when you get down yeah. to – um, you know, up one with three seconds left, do you foul them before they get a chance? Because three seconds, you foul them. Three seconds more, you foul them and, and run that down so they essentially can't even get a shot up. That's, that's one way of thinking, yeah, burn the clock and have to run an out-of-bounds play instead of uh, some type of set play. But again, a team like that running an out-of-bounds play, coming off of screens and, and hitting a three, they did it the one time. The guy hit the yeah. three from the corner down the stretch, so it's not necessarily uh, – I don't know. It, it, one of those things that maybe they did, maybe they didn't talk about it, but uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. So we'll, we'll go with uh, I'm happy with what right. they did. Yeah, yeah, and with two to give, you would think they would, but like you said, I mean, I, I just thought defensively they handled the possession that the Flyers did that last. And two, you know, even with the range that Davidson's got, having to go the length of the floor with three three point three seconds left, right. I just thought Dayton was disciplined enough defensively that he didn't even. I mean, it all happened so quickly. It's it's three point right. three seconds, but they handled themselves defensively well enough that. There wasn't even a need to having to worry about following a guy with two to give. They right. just were able to let the kid huck up a half-court shot, basically. And I, I think, too, you look back to the score, 65-64, you know, the, we were bought in on defense. We were doing all the right things on defense. We were help. We were playing tough. Um, so if the game was 75-74 or 81-80, maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe you're thinking, okay, i got to disrupt something because defensively we haven't been there we've been a step slow. But I think uh, in a defensive type of game like that, you know, we, you just roll with what's been working. So Jeff took advantage of the Bud Light mic. Chuck on Twitter also wanted to know, uh, he wanted to know an explanation for the Josh Cunningham technical. So, Chuck, thanks for, in on, thanks for checking in on Twitter and hope – you heard Keith's explanation to that question. Tom and Kennery will get to you right after the break because i got music in my ear. Dayton winners, 65-64. They are an even 500 across the board again. 10-10 overall, 4-4 four and four in A-10 play. John Bedell and former Flyer and University of Dayton Hall of Famer Keith Walskowski and you, Flyer fans, here for Flyer Feedback, the home stretch of it, live from Flanagan's Pub on the other side, right here on the home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Nobody wants to get injured, but if you do, trust your care to the sports medicine team at Kettering Health Network. Whether you're a weekend warrior, youth player, or professional athlete, our individualized treatment plans are designed to get you back in action. Learn more about how we care for athletes at KetteringHealth.org backslash sportsmed. That's KetteringHealth.org backslash sportsmed. 
Start with the Dayton Philharmonic Orchestra, add three glamorous lady singers, plus the conductor of the New York Pops. Then join us as we transform the Schuster Center into a swingin' Harlem nightclub for the January Super Pops concert, Sophisticated Ladies. Warm up your winter with some hot jazz, Friday and Saturday, January 26th and 27th. Google Dayton Philharmonic now for tickets. The University of Dayton Center for Leadership Speaker Series, sponsored by Premier Health, brings to Dayton Tim Sanders, New York Times bestselling author and Yahoo's Value Lab creator. Hear Tim Sanders on Genius is a Team Sport, unleashing the power of innovation and collaboration. Tuesday, February 6th at the Victoria Theater. Welcome by WHIO Radio. Get your tickets now at TicketCenterStage.com. Presented by UD Center for Leadership, Dayton Development Coalition, and Victoria Theater Association. 14 teams come to compete, but only one will win the crown. The Heart of the Nation will host the Atlantic 10 Men's Basketball Championship at Capital One Arena in March of 2018. Five days of non-stop basketball action. There can only be one champion. The A-10 Championship at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. March 7th through 11th, 2018. Buy your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Flanagan's Pub here on Stewart Street for the last time tonight. Dayton a winner this evening, 65-64 over the Davidson Wildcats. The Flyers snap a two-game losing streak. And in doing so, they also break Davidson's five-game winning streak. The Wildcats are coming in here hot. Dayton now 10-10 and overall and even 500 on the year. Again, 4-4 four and four in A-10 play. And after taking care of Bob McKillop and company, they head west to St. Louis in search of the Arch Baron Cup. Saturday, 4 o'clock tip with the St. Louis Billikens. St. Louis, by the way, up uh, on VCU in the first half. They are playing in St. Louis at the Chaffetz Center. Uh, Keith Abilicans are up on the Rams. It was 27-22 just before uh, we came back from break. So both teams in action tonight. You can join us a couple ways on the show. You can uh, tweet me at jvidlwhio. I may read your tweet on the air. We've had a handful of people check in on Twitter tonight. You can call us up at 457-1290. Had some people call us up as well. And you can take advantage of the Bud Light mic, which is where we're going out to Tom and Kettering. G- gentlemen, I-, I thought Trey Landers did – did the clock run out while that was in the air? Is that what happened? Yeah, the, he got the shot off. They went to the monitor. He got the shot off. Okay, yeah, I, I figured he got, a, got it off, but it was real. It was, it was uh, a rainbow. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, you figure that won the game for us in reality. You know, if we, if we win by one point, you, you absolutely had to have that. That was, so. that was three of the 65, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But Trey Landers did – a remarkable job, even though Aldridge scored a lot of points. Trey Landers beat him up pretty good. He's going to be pretty black and blue tomorrow. And, and uh, uh, you know, he just kept pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. Wherever he was, he made it uncomfortable. And usually shooters don't like to have it uncomfortable. Yeah, it was a, it was a difficult 24 points for Peyton Aldridge. Uh, you know, I thought Trey was tough. He got in a little bit of foul trouble in the first half, but uh, – Aldridge didn't do didn't do too terribly much against us in the first half. Second half, he really got rolling and you know inside out. And he's a tough guard no matter who you are. And Trey gave up a little bit of height to him, but sure. you know he he makes that up with uh, with just, his physical ability. Yeah, right. Just uh, 
Yeah, uh, he he muscled him pretty good. Yes, so, he did. Yep, yep, yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. And as we look ahead now, uh, to Keith, this St. Louis team, this is, um, you know, I I want to say much improved. I, I don't think their season has gone the way a lot of people, including many people in St. Louis <laughs> and at SLU, um, I think uh, this season would have gone for them. I think it's been if there's if there's an underachiever this year in the league, I think it's probably them so far, uh, because this is a mixed bunch. They got a talented freshman class. And they got a whole lot of transfers becoming eligible. Right. Uh, and Power Five talent. They've they've added Javon Best from Michigan State, DJ Foreman from Rutgers, Adonis Enriquez from UCF, uh, Ty Graves, this guy from Boston College, who he just became eligible uh, after the second semester. He kind of transferred mid-year, so he was able to play after the first semester. And you got a you got a talented freshman class. I mean that bench of that bench of uh, transfers, Keith, could have finished fifth. Uh, in the A-10 last year. I mean, we, Larry kind of joked about that last year, but uh, their bench was far more talented of ineligible guys than their actual roster. But, um, you know, Travis Ford, is he's in he's in the process too, uh, very similar to what Anthony Grant's doing. He's in the early stages of uh, starting to shed the early stages, though, there in St. Louis of putting his program in place. But uh, it's, a, it's an improved St. Louis squad compared to last year. Yeah, it is. You know, they, they went through a couple of years where they were a really, really, really tough team. Uh, you know, yeah. top of the A-10, and then all those guys graduated, similar to a situation that we're in. Uh, you got a new coach, a whole new team, guys becoming eligible. So, yeah, they are, they're, they're tough. And like I said earlier, going to St. Louis has never been easy for us. It's no, just, it's just one tough. of those games. Yeah. It's just one of those games where we're gonna, we struggle shooting the ball. It's a, just a defensive ugly basketball game yeah um you know i'm sure this year it'll prove me wrong now that i'm saying it out loud so knock on wood but um you know one of those teams that typical in league battle um rival playing for your your arch baron cup yeah and uh (laughs) and and it's going to be a tough game so we're going to have to come prepared to really play on both ends of the court and not you know because the coaches have changed over three and two times for st louis and UD respectively in recent years. You've gone from St. Louis Majerus, and mm-hmm. after he, you know, his untimely death, uh, you had Jim Cruz take over. Jim Cruz took such so much of a dive after really Majerus's guys kind of got out of there, Keith, that, I mean, they ended up firing Jim Cruz. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, if, if memory serves, <laughs> before they even were out of the Barclays Center that one year, after they got bounced in the tournament. Uh, they told him, like, on the way to yeah, the press yeah, conference. Yeah, he hadn't even like, made it to the press you, conference. You don't need to and go, and Coach. We sorry, got you. <laughs> Jim, you're fired. Um, so he was just – you know, unceremoniously, uh, you know what can before he got to the postgame yeah. presser and, and the board, or I almost said boardwalk hall, that's Atlantic City in uh, the Barclays Center. And now you've seen Travis Ford take over the past, what is this, his third year at St. Louis, I believe. Um, but these are two programs that know each other well because you talk about, you know, these teams that we call pod teams in the A-10, you get home and homes with them. St. Louis and UD have been paired up as pod teams. Mm-hmm. Keats, I mean, going back to my time at UD, and that's, the 6 7 season. I mean, we've been playing St. Louis twice a year for as long as I can remember. Yeah. So these are two programs that are intimately familiar with each other. And we used to play each other in non-conference before they joined the VA-10, um, back when I was playing, because they, they were a non-conference opponent for us all the time, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's good to have a familiar foe every once in a while, but at the same time, you know each other, and that's what kind of leads to ugly games now and again, so... And uh, well, something I want to mention on the air that I, I did tweet last game, but we forgot to mention... Uh, here at Flanagan's over the air uh, on Saturday, and that is that Daryl Davis has tied Damon Goodwin's free throw record for mm-hmm. UD. 36 in a row. Daryl came into uh, Saturday's game against the Rams with 30 consecutive free throws without a miss. 
and he was making a bunch to start the game, mm-hmm. and I'm, sit, I'm sitting next to the CBS Sports stat guy, and I look over at his stat monitor. I'm like, I wonder how many Daryl's made. Thir- he was six for six, so he tied it, and then, of course, as soon as I looked, he missed the next one he took. So he missed getting the streak or getting the streak for himself, but he did tie it uh, before missing his 37th. So Daryl Davis uh, tying his school record 36 made free throws. That's impressive. Now, now does that include, the as we were watching the end of the game here, and the guy was saying that he made one, but there was a lane violation called on uh, Svoboda? No, it was – because that... I remember that one because I was sitting okay. right next to it. It was, it was, that was after he had missed. Gotcha. I think he had a, one, he had a, he had a two-shot foul, and he, I think he clanked the first one that would have been 37. He made the second one, but, you know, the streak's yeah, Regardless, over at that if point, you, so. you go 37 for 38, I'll take it. It's a pretty good streak for Daryl Davis. And then how about today, uh, you talk about it, Pete's just crutcher, 12, 12 points, 6 assists, no turnovers. Heck of a night for pretty team. good line for a freshman. Not bad. You'll take that. Well, that's going to do it for us, Flyer fans. One more time tonight, Dayton a winner, 65-64. Dayton a winner. They get back to 10-10, 4-4 and 4 and 4 and 8-10 play on the year. They will head now to St. Louis. So our next game is Saturday, 4 o'clock tip, which means we're on the air with the expanded Bud Light pregame show at 3 we will see you on the radio Saturday afternoon, Flyer fans. Until then, for my Hall of Fame partner, Keith Walskowski, I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody, and go Flyers.